On this episode of AV Week, Blue Jeans lays off 40% of their workforce serving the marijuana market with AV. Facial recognition in the workplace. All that and more. Next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 434, recorded Friday, December 13th, 2019. AV Punt. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment, and by Christie Digital. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, his name is Luke Jordan. He is from Electroacoustics from Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me back, Tim. And I will uh, mention, I don't know, no, don't, Matt Scott, our buddy Matt Scott is a Cowboys fan, so I will, I had to apologize to him for what the Bears did to the Cowboys, and since you're in the general vicinity, I guess I'll, I'll apologize <laughs> the to The Bears you. had nothing to do with that, the Cowboys did it to themselves, y'all are still oh. a mediocre team, just like us. Alright, so we're the better mediocre team, is that the deal? So, y'all y'all made less that, mistakes. At least on that Thursday night, so, alright. <laughs> Uh, also with us is Mr. Kevin Barlow from Draper. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me back, Tim. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of Fox, see what I did there? Extron, welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, Bach, as well. Oh wow, that's just crazy. If you if you ever if you want more puns, Chris has a a, a video program on Extron.com called um, Out of the Box. Out of the Box. Where he? I'm not sure that's how it was actually formed, but. I totally how it formed. That's totally how you guys thought of that. Um, uh, before we get started here, I want to encourage you guys to go uh, by our website and uh, register for and, and sign up for our, our newsletter. Uh, I am no longer doing it, so I'm happy about that. But uh, <laughs> a great, uh, great young lady who is doing it. Her name's Lenora Lane. Uh, Lenora has been in the AV industry and written for the AV industry for years, uh, and she has taken that over and doing a fantastic job. So you can buy the website avnation.tv and do that. First story, top story of today uh, from UC Today. UC Today broke the news that Blue Jeans is laying off 40% of their employees. That is 200 of their 500-person workforce. The move appears to impact mostly sales and marketing roles, though there are some C-level folks that are losing their jobs as well. Blue Jeans has been around for about 10 years and was one of the first platforms to work with Cisco, Link, Microsoft Link, uh, LifeSize, Polycom, and others. Mr. Jordan, we'll start with you on this. What does this move mean to uh, you as, as a potential customer of, of BlueJeans um, or other integrators, but also to those integrators' dealers? It's just sad. Um, you know, we're, we're a small business. We have 30 employees. We have not laid anyone off in 35 years since we opened our doors. Um, and I think part of that is having a conservative view of growth and strategic goals. And that's just really part of our DNA that's important to us. So, uh, you know, we've, I've used blue jeans, I've integrated blue jeans, good product, good support. Uh, I've honestly only had positive experiences with it. But that being said, as I'm looking at 
who my vendors are, who my partners are, who do I want to be conducting business with. I want people that I think resonate with my values, that I feel like we're on the same wavelength. And so um, another company laid off a few, several hundred employees last year and, you know, blue jeans now. And you really do think about what is their uh, their value, or why did they do that? Who are they beholden to? You know, the article talks a lot about um, their path to profitability, and this is kind of common with startups having more pressure to get profitable faster. Mm-hmm. And so, this is the ownership, maybe investment group that's controlling that, maybe more so than the actual operators. Uh, but it does give me a lot of pause about you know, are they a good fit for us? Is there another company that I need to be looking at more seriously now as a result of this? So again, nothing to say bad about the the product or the people, but it does really make me think, are they the right fit for our type of small business? I will point out that the, the article lists the fact that it's worth or valued at $700 million, a little bit over 700 million with revenue is about a hundred million. So the question is, you know, is, is, is that in jeopardy now? And, and with these moves, um, Chris, we'll start with, we'll come, come continue with this, this, you on this blue jeans. I mentioned the fact it was one of the first companies to collaborate and, and connect these, these disparate video conferencing systems together. It was, it was again, 10 years ago, 2009 was when they came out. I was still a tech manager then. And, and it was fascinating because at that time, if you guys remember, you, you, you couldn't make a call or you could make a call between a Cisco or a Tanberg uh, and a Polycom system, right? right. Um, or you could, but it was pilots. difficult, right? You, you had to make, go through, through some hoops. Blue Jeans made that easy, right? But Blue Jeans was kind of the, the bridge between, not to use a pun there, but a bridge between the, the two systems. Now, those companies are deciding who they're going to natively work with. Right. You, you look at, at Zoom and the number of partnerships that they have, including Microsoft and, and Google. You look at the partnerships that Google, that Google is making. Does this mean that, that co- the collaboration between these companies is dead? Or is it the collaboration, the, the collaboration platform that's just not where, you know, this is not the place to be right now is, is being that bridge? Well, the impression I got from reading the article is that the future is converged, meaning everybody expects to be able to talk to everybody easily having a button, whether that's single sign-on like Zoom and Skype use for their platforms or any other platform, cross-compatibility and interoperability is key is the takeaway from the article. So being unique, even if you're better at it, you're going to have some loss as people expect to just take convenience as the new quality. And it makes me take pause thinking about this article, being happy that Extron is a private company, not beholden to shareholders and everything that goes with that, all the baggage that goes with that to Luke's earlier comment, the right decision isn't always the made decision just for the sake of the almighty dollar. And the timing of it is always perfect too, right? Two weeks before Christmas and this is happening, just got through Thanksgiving. So Merry Christmas to those guys. So having fired someone before Christmas before, I will say, um, It is a little bit of a mercy kill from one perspective. Would you rather go into Christmas, uh, and it's a little close to the deadline, but would you rather go into Christmas knowing that you need to look for a job and need to tighten up your finances, 
or would you rather spend all your money on Christmas and parties and events, get into January, and then find out that you don't have a job, and by the way, you're in debt from Christmas? Right after you put in the Clark Griswold Christmas pool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you were counting you know, on that bonus. You got the free cake way, of the club. But it, that's a tough decision no matter what. You bet. Yeah, that is a hard decision. I, and, and I can see, I can honestly see both, both scenarios, which, which I would be, you know, perfectly fine with. Um, Kevin, uh, what does this mean for blue jeans going forward? You just mentioned the fact that folks expect these systems and expect this convergence to happen. And this is a platform that was built on, on, you know, creating that and delivering that convenience. So what does this mean for blue jeans? Well, there's two sides to the story and, and, um, Luke and Chris covered them well. One side is the human element, people losing their jobs. And the other side is keeping up with technology and the fact that what was once a little bit of magic with the average end user is now an expectation. So, you know, the the fail here, the big fail is um, Blue Jeans and other companies, you know, some places where I've worked before, not being able to change ahead of the curve or not being able to see the curve in the road and preparing uh, before they get there. And so, you know, that's, that's the painful part of the story here is, you know, the market's changed, the customer expectations have changed and, you know, it's cost 200 plus people their jobs, which is, you know, very, regardless of what time of the year it is, that's a, that's a difficult thing. Difficult on both sides. I don't think the people that made those decisions did it lightly. You know, I can't imagine that they did. And you know, for the recipients, of course, um, I can say having worked for you know companies in this industry that have been in that place before, it's you know it's never fun firing somebody. It's never fun getting laid off. Um, and it's rare when you find a company that values its people above the profit. You know, which is you know, the headline of the story. Um, Thankfully, I work at one of those places right now, uh, a company 117 years old that has never had a single layoff. And it's because they value the people, the community, and the loyalty uh, above the profitability. And the thing that, that I share with my partners and customers, the reason why that's important is because that translates through all of our business relationships. So that would make me um, pause if I was in the market for blue jeans, just as the other two guys said, and question, you know, if that's how they treat their people, how are they going to treat their customers? Yeah. Real quickly, as we, before we get beyond this story here, just a general question, and this is more rhetorical, but you guys feel free to jump in here. The last three, two years really, but, but the last two, three, the last three holiday seasons, the AV industry has let go and lost a thousand jobs collectively, uh, cumulatively. Two years ago, it was Harmon who let, let go around 400, 500 people. Uh, one of those people was, was one of our, our board members at AV Nation, Bradford Ben. Last year, Barco let go uh, 400 to 500 people. And this year, we got Blue Jeans. Is it something, I, mean, I don't want to say is there something in the water, but is there something in the water uh, around this time of year where Companies are going, okay, you know what? Here's the best time for us to do this. We've got to do it anyway for fiscal reasons, for whatever reasons, you know, and and not for nothing, but all three of those companies are, are publicly traded in some way, shape, or form. Harmon is, is ultimately owned by, by Samsung, who is also publicly traded. But just wondering if there's something in, you know, 
towards the end of the year where they go, you know what, we've got to cut something right? to show a profitability. I think maybe back to the Luke's point about being driven by stockholders or being driven by investors as opposed to both Chris and Kevin who work for, for family-owned, privately held companies. Fortune 500 companies have provided a net loss of jobs over the last few decades. Wow. They have, they have laid off more people than they've hired net. I think it's probably less about, you know, just profitability. It's the easy way to look at it. It's more about budgets. You know, you're, this is the time of year, October, November, you know, we just finished that season where management is crunching the numbers for the next fiscal year. So unless they're Japanese and they're, you know, starting April 1st, most companies are kicking it off January 1st. And so by the end of November, they know how much money they've got to spend, including salaries. And so if, if the hit comes between Thanksgiving and Christmas, that probably has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Uh, if you are one of those people, um, our website has a, a job board, commercial integrator. I think everybody, every publication um, that, that I'm aware of has some sort of job board. You've also got folks like um, the, the guys over at AV Junction, which is where we get ours from. Check those out, or you can send me an email and you know tell me what you're looking for. Tim at avnation.tv, and we'll hook you up. So. Uh, next story actually comes to us from our website, uh, our friend uh, Brandy Alvarado, and the folks at Mad Systems. They were granted U.S. patent number ten million four hundred eighty-four thousand eight hundred eighteen. I did not memorize that. I had to write that down. There is a quiz letter. Uh, it is for systems, quote unquote, systems and methods for providing location information about registered users uh, based on facial recognition. End quote. The company sees this technology as the next step in customizing experiences in entertainment venues as well as classroom and corporate spaces. A couple things here before we move on. First, Brandy is is a friend. She works for Mad Systems. Uh, She's been a guest on this program and is an incredible uh, AV professional. Second part, I want to mention as as we get into this, and Chris, we're going to start with you on this. It is for registered users. This is not facial recognition as the big scary news people will say, you know, oh, they're they're tracking you and this, that, and the other. this is people who opt in it is, is the proper terminology for this, both from um, uh, the, the European Union's regulations as well as what California is looking at. And, and there are some people in the, in the federal, U.S. federal looking at, at cracking down and, and monitoring um, what these systems are doing. This is an opt-in. So you're going, you're going to, to say, yes, I want this. Um, so the question, Chris, is what, first off for you is where is – facial recognition's place in the AV industry? Probably just down the street at Disneyland. <laughs> so you can get your- This is an Anaheim. That you or, yeah, we're literally hopskip. You can see Space Mountain from here. Hop, skip, and a jump down the street. So you can get the GAC that you ordered at the end of the day quickly without having to carry it around all day. You can get an ad targeted to you. Hey, we know you've been over here. You want to check this out too? Any of a number of things. Being a Californian, I got a lot of thoughts about this whole thing because number one, I've had my identity stolen five times between Home Depot and Target and the government and Experian and this and that. But so my first question with any of this is always, who's doing what with the data where, right? And California, being in California, just passed last year AB 375, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act that is kind of based on what Europe has already done 
where as a citizen, you have a right to find out who's got what and why, and then tell them to delete it. And on top of all that, take it with you if you want to either see what they've got for yourself in an easily read format, not proprietary GAC you can't do anything with, and take somewhere else. So that applies to things that we all use every day, like Facebook and Yahoo and Google and this and that. We're talking about something else, like you said, where you opt in. So I'm not sure how the law applies to these services that you're electing to use, but I guess you could argue that you elected to use Facebook and you took everything that they offer when you signed the 37 page agreement that you read every single time before you hit agree. So that's my first question. But as far as AV goes, you could walk around theme parks, hospitality, and have things personalized for you while you wait for something. That's the first thing I see. You'd have to have networked players with a library of content that varied based on the condition that was met. And the action would be if this person is this gender and this old, then start with this. But then at the same time, if they've targeted interests that they like, then further narrow it down to that. So I guess it's like what you get on the internet. Your history dictates the ads that you get, but you're there in person. And then what happens when you leave? Is it deleted? Just that second you walk out the door into the day? I guess there's more questions I have than answers at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was one of the things that, that Maris, the owner of, of Mad Systems, put in, in the article was about, um, you know, this is really about experiences, um, about, you know, the, the in-person, the in-place experience. Um, Kevin, as far as manufacturers go, this, this is a technology that will leverage uh, some of the, the um, features of systems, you know, that, that are currently available. But what can manufacturers do if they see something like this coming down the pipeline and go, you know what, there's, we, we have an idea, right? Or we have this, that, and the other. What, what kind of direction could manufacturers go with this sort of technology? I think that the first thing, which I'm sure they did, is some degree of a study to determine if the time and expense involved in developing this and getting it patented, patented and protecting that patent is going to pay off over time. You know, is there something unique enough about this that, that they can go out and sell? And, you know, I mean, everyone's always looking for a competitive advantage, you know, and looking at, you know, what's the next trend or, or even trying to set the next trend. Um, I'm curious about what makes this unique and patentable. What, what differentiates this from other technologies out there? Um, but in general, you know, I applaud any company that goes through the effort to do something like this because um, that by itself is a standout. You know, that, that takes courage to do that, to spend the money and the time to, to develop something and you know, hope that it's a home run. There's no guarantees. Yeah. Uh, Luke, I, I mentioned earlier the fact that I, I, at one point in my, in my career, I was a technology manager. And this is probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago. One of the promises of automation was the idea that if a professor could walk into a classroom and it could suddenly change and manipulate itself to fit that professor's personal preferences, right? We, whether that's an RFID uh, and the key fob or whether that's their pen or what have you, right? It, it, was, it was the idea that, that we could make these, these classrooms and these boardrooms you know, personalized uh, for the users. And that's never really <laughs> kind of played out. Something like this, though, could absolutely be put into place where, you know, the, the professor walks in. System doesn't start until the professor walks in, not their, not their keys, not anything else. 
Um, what sort of use cases can you see as you know somebody who's who's responsible for both designing and deploying systems in utilizing facial recognition for both you know in like the entertainment industry, but also in in, in the corporate America or or higher education? Um. I think it does just come down to preferences. Um, in the 90s, there was a whole bunch of hilarious rumors that went around uh, that everyone believed. And then we all talked about it when we when we got older. You know, Jamie Curtis this and Britney Spears that. It's just all these really funny 90s rumors. But one that I remember hearing is that Bill Gates' house, you would, when you like went to go see him, you would like fill out all of your, your favorite music and art and preferences and all this stuff. And then you'd get a badge when you show up to his house. And as you went room by room, the room would change based off of your preferences. Did anyone else ever hear this? It's funny you mentioned that Luke, because that's not a rumor. And I worked uh, at one of the manufacturers that was involved indirectly in that at the time. Right on. Um, so it's, it was real. I don't know if it still is, but you know, when the house was built, absolutely. But so imagine doing that without having to fill out a survey and get a card. Yeah. I think it has huge implications for hospitality. It, it just knows who you are based off of, and you, if you opt in, maybe you don't. That's the blurry line that, yeah. you know, eh, what are we doing here? That's, but that's, if you can just walk in and your favorite music plays and the, the TV changes to your favorite art, you, what if it, you know, and this could get really scary. What if it knows what your home looks like? What if you're on the road 200 nights a year and you feel like you're at home every time you stay at this hotel chain? Um, that would be a little creepy. So that's think, why Marriott leaves every TV on everywhere creepy I go. Creepy or cool? <laughs> Shots fired. That's, and a couple things. First of all, this is an opt-in, and that's that's one thing I want to drive home is because there are other folks that we've had conversations with. We just did a, a webinar last month. Um, and one of the folks, Laura Davis Taylor, was um, her. She's she's a a, a creator. Um, she's based actually she's based out of Atlanta, Kevin. Um, and she is a big proponent of using demographic recognition and differentiating that from folks who would use facial recognition nefariously without opting in. So under, there, there are so many kind of fine lines here that, that, that folks are walking. Um, at the same, same time, they had that, that face app that, that's been really popular in the last year. And you have to opt in, and this is what you look like when you're 80. But yeah. then someone tweeted, like, well, the Russians are getting this information. Yeah. And obviously, the Russians run America through Twitter, getting that out in the open. Um, <laughs> and there's been all kinds of articles and Forbes and everything. It's like, well, it's not going to Russia, but there's actually some legitimate app developers in Russia. Russia is not an evil James Bond country. Uh, everyone has sleeves bags. But uh, you opt in. The, maybe the majority of the population opts in without really reading the end user license agreement. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've never read the majority of them. And fun filled afternoon. The day, even if it does give some of my information away, if I need that product or service in my life to function or to have convenience, mm -hmm. that will probably outweigh whatever question marks I have about what, is that, what are they really doing with this. Uh, Brandy, friend of the show, I, I trust Mad Systems because I trust her, personal relationships. Yeah. But I think this opens the door for maybe less uh, 
trustworthy people to start heading this direction. And it does get sold to ad space. And how can we better market to you? Um, so I, I think it's definitely scary, but at the same time from a retail hospitality, from just my preferences in my world, I, th I think it's super cool. I, I think this could be done really well and is definitely the personalized experience of the future that I would love to be a part of if it was safe. Well, what, what's going to happen is that they're going to get your, your facial recognition. And then the next time you step into our next story, they'll, they'll can customize it for you. And our next story comes to us from commercial integrator and Zachary Kumo continues. Uh, Zachary is continuing conversation. CI's own Craig McCormick started over a year ago asking the question, is the cannabis market right for AV? Uh, or is it ripe for AV, honestly? Uh, complete <laughs> side note, uh, this is apropos of nothing, but the state of Illinois, where I live, uh, AV Nation offices reside, marijuana will be legal recreationally on January 1st. So I'm actually kind of looking at this um, and talking with some some local integrator friends, and, and I shared this with a couple of folks, uh, asking them the same question. You know, Because currently, in state of Illinois, um, we have medical disp dispensaries. Those people who hold the licenses uh, for medical dispensaries are the first ones who will get the recreational licenses. And then they'll, after those are all kind of uh, divvied out, then they'll, they'll go down the other road. Um, Como lists immersive experiences within the dispensary shops, digital signage, and the audio experience as being among the reasons that makes sense. Kevin, we'll start with you on this. First I think they, question. Huh? They, they need munchy dispensers. <laughs> right next door. Right next door. Um, does this market make sense for us, for, for the AV industry? Well, I would say that it's just quick serve restaurants, you know, gas stations, convenience stores. You're creating an environment that's drawing a market. That market has specific wants and needs and money. And so digital signage and everything related to um, our industry that we're talking about will fit there no different than anywhere else. Yeah. Now, each each company may have their own, you know, opinion or thoughts on the legality of it or whether they believe in it. But as, in terms of a market, you know, it's another store going up that can take advantage of audiovisual technology, you know, whether it's signage or acoustics or what it, whatever it is, they're going to try to attract people because there'll be competition. Luke, this is a pretty small market, at least nationwide. Obviously, there are pockets, there are states, uh, areas that, that this is legal um, re recreationally. Is it too small? Or I, I guess what question is here is, is how big does a market have to be for it to make sense for you guys at Electrical Acoustics to go after as a vertical? Or like Kevin says, it's just a store. I don't care what they sell. It's, it's just a store and we can market to this store as we would any other kind of consumer, you know, consumer facing, you know, uh, retail location. Uh, I think this will definitely weed out some of the integrators. Oh. <laughs> All right. I had this to get that the one show out. of puns. You were just, waiting for that. Yes. All day. No, I mean, it's just another store. It's, it's retail. Uh, uh, there is in Colorado Springs, they have a gas station slash dispensary called uh, Gas and Grass. Okay. What, what is that? Is it a dispensary? Is it a convenience store? Is it a convenient dispensary? I mean, is it, 
it, it, I don't think that, you know, what about CBD? CBD is legal in Texas. Uh, that's hemp that doesn't have high concentration of THC. It's, it's a completely different byproduct of a hemp plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, again, mostly for a, a medical use. But, I mean, if it is a strip club or a church or a retail front, if it's Abercrombie & Fitch or if it's marijuana, we are trying to communicate a message to people. We are trying to entertain people, um, entertain, educate, and edify. Those are the three things that our company has identified that we are involved in. Mm-hmm. You know? less edification at some of those places than others and you know as an integrator you know I, I talked earlier about the values when we were talking about blue jeans you want to find clients that have the same values as you that have the same goals same wavelength so there are there are a few uh maybe niches within a vertical that we might say we would prefer not to be on your project no offense that's just us but here's someone else that you can work with uh, and I think some people might have a ethical reason for maybe not wanting to do a marijuana thing. The article mentions a great, you know, banks are less willing to loan you money if you. That was my question to you, actually. How are you going to get paid doing work there? Cash up front. Yeah. <laughs> Cash on delivery. But um, to me, it's just another store. Well, the article does remind us that it's still a federal law, so it's not legally federally. It's legal. Which is why the FDIC isn't in the mix. Yeah, that and that yeah. is one of the biggest hiccups. Um, for yeah. speaking of marijuana um, dispensaries specifically, is getting there are a lot of banks who just simply won't won't um, take marijuana dispensaries as a client because of the FDIC and because the feds have come in and said, you know what, we're not, we're not going to insure your money. So great news for Brinks Trucks. It is. Uh, Chris, we'll end with you on this. Are there are there vices? And I, I use that term because, again, I mentioned uh, our buddy Craig McCormick who wrote a, a series of articles and, and about vices and, and AV, and one of them was the, the marijuana dispensaries. Are there vices that, that AV companies shouldn't touch? Or is it, you know, you know what, Luke mentioned it. it it's a storefront. It, it's, they're, trying to, they're trying to communicate something. They're trying to get across a message. We're just helping them. So it doesn't matter what they do. Well, people can make and choose which business they want to go after. The mountain's large enough that people take a slice off. There's enough work to go around. So you go where the money is, you go where the business is, as far as I'm concerned. Kind of like Kevin and Luke have been saying, it's another opportunity. AV is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. You go in the gas station, you go in McDonald's, you go in Starbucks, there's signage. And I suppose in a dispensary, it would be especially important for you to know that what you were hoping to buy is still in stock while you're in line. So there's information to be relayed either way. So, All right. That'll be a good place to stop it, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Mr. Luke Jordan, I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thank you. Where can people find you or Electroacoustics? Uh, you can find us online at eavi.com. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Jordan EAVI. All right. Very good. Mr. Chris Bach from Extron. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me again, Tim. Absolutely, sir. How can people find you or Extron? They can find us on Twitter. They can find us on LinkedIn. We've got Extron.com, and I'm on Twitter, too, out of the box. Just an entire show of nothing but puns. All right. Uh, Mr. Barlow, thank you, sir. How can people find you and or Draper? 
Thanks again, Tim. It's kevin.barlow at draperinc.com or on LinkedIn, Kevin C. Barlow. All right, very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't uh, follow me on the Twitters because there's it's it's getting hairy with the Chicago Bears. There's there's a there's this much slight chance that they'll make the playoffs, and so that's what I'll be screaming. So you tell me there's a chance. There is a <laughs> chance, dude. There's it's slight. It's th- it's it's slim, but it's it is there. Uh, but go by the website if you would please. Avnation.tv. That's Avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, programming notes in general. The last couple of weeks of the year, as we, we, when we kind of shut down everything here uh, at the studio, uh, clean out all the dust, do our own preventive maintenance, our own PMing. Uh, and so the last two weeks of the year will be a best of the week of Christmas, and the next week will be our year in review you're in preview so check those out if you would please also while you're there at the website check out our underwriter section all right, these are the supporters who help us financially and help us bring you av week and resi week and ISE in about two months time and both extron and draper are, are two of those we thank them for their support uh, i mentioned the newsletter check that out as well while you're on the website sign up for that and uh, every week lenore will give you the biggest and best stories of the week all that and more at avnation.tv that's avnation.tv thanks so much for listening thank you so much for watching that's all the time we have for av week <laughs>